Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsession will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark down for a while. Hello and welcome to the dark forest. This is Jackie Cation. Uh, you know the websites, JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com, AllThingsComedy.com is the new podcast umbrella, and they have a million other comedy podcasts. If you are looking for more podcasts in your life, that's a good place to start. There is, on JackieCation.com, an Amazon banner, so when you order from Amazon, and we all do, go to JackieCation.com, click on that banner, and then do your regular ordering, and I get a tiny kickback. Life is good. So if that's one way that you can donate and support the show. Another way is to buy merch at JackieCation.com, where I have T-shirts, CDs, and hoodies. I have some hoodies in stock. And then the donation button is there if you want to just donate directly. I'd love everyone to give me a 100 bucks a year. And if you don't have a 100 bucks, well, give me what you can. Or just talk about and buy some merch. Do whatever you want. Anyway, the the credits, of course, Mike Rickberg, Sarah Cohen just sang that song you heard. Mike composed and wrote that song, and he's going to sing Mexican Hat Dance again at the end. Vilmos will fix the website, and Patrick Brady is going to fix this audio. Thanks a lot for listening, folks. Let's get right into it. Hey, it's Jackie Cation. Welcome to the Dork Forest. I'm sitting here uh, with Moshe Kasher. Hello, Moshe Kasher. Welcome to the program. Man, that was it, huh? That was We're it. in. I know it. I was thinking about right. uh, do, doing the credits and the and the you should donate and, <laughs> oh, and all yeah. these things. But what I'll do is I'll I'll fix that and I'll just add that. Well, listen, you guys should donate to whatever it is that, that, that Jackie, Jackie wants. <laughs> you donate to that. Yeah, okay? everybody, hundred bucks a year, folks. If you've done it, new. Uh, oh, you know what might happen during the show is we might get a UPS delivery because I, you know, I love a trinket. You know this, how I love a trinket. I love a trinket as well. I do magnets. Had, and you order them online? I order them online, but I didn't get the magnets. Uh, I got a new trinket coming, a sticker. So. Uh, you know, I was uh, going through my girlfriend's um, house, rifling <laughs> through her things. And I'm I, so glad it wasn't email. I stacked up these boxes of Amazon deliveries, and I go, yeah, man, you can't spend money like this. Mm. This is a d- bottle of sunscreen from England. And they have wow. sunscreen in this country. And England is the country where they don't have the sun. Right. But anyway. I'm with you. That's crazy. Uh, Moshe Kasher, we, uh, we worked together. I just got, I had the, uh, extreme pleasure of watching you do long sets in Montreal. Uh, many, uh, 45 minute sets. That's true, right? It was super fun. And it was always different and it was always exciting and it was great. Thank you. And you were doing the same thing. You weren't doing as long of a set, but. If I, I remember correctly, yeah. you were forcing yourself to do a new amount, a new a 15 minutes, 15. Yeah. which over the aggregate of the eight shows or whatever that you did, right. you performed over 300 new hours of comedy <laughs> that week, if I yes. remember correctly. Yes, that's, I believe the math is right on yeah. it. It 300 hours. And that's what I wanted to talk to you today about, which is <laughs> mathematics. It's my passion, something I am not good at. The dorkdom of the thing that I'm bad at. What I'd really like to talk to you about is surfing. Well, that would be cool. You know, it's like I love video games, yeah, but I am not good at them, and right. I admit that freely. I just am not good at them. I'm a team player. I with me with video games, and I, I'm I'm more than willing to talk about video games forever. Yeah, and not be good at them. And anybody who has any sort of like, I don't. You know, I couldn't play like, you know, I too would make some sort of random comment and then be jailed in Texas uh, uh-huh. if I were a trash talking teen, uh, playing on Steam, uh, Halo or whatever he was playing, right? Call of Duty, I think he was playing that kid. Which kid? 
I was just so, going with you. Oh, I had right, no right. idea what you were talking some about. Some 18-year-old young man uh, did some trash talking on, on the video game Call of Duty, I think it was. Sure. Which is no – I think it's Call of Duty, but whatever it is, it's it's one of the ones that's over online that's known for being exceptionally trashy talking. Sure. Right? And he brought that to the public forum that is Facebook – with somebody he plays with and told him he was going to come to their school and shoot them all. And then they incarcerated him and he has been in jail for, I think, almost a month or something like that. They which, said, if you do death threats, you keep them on this form of electronic right, media exactly. and not this one. Please do not bring that into Facebook, which yeah, is clearly for pictures of kittens. That's the real world. That's that's where we're all really existing. You've gone too far. I know. It, I was just telling you that cage, uh, that Ready Player One book by Ernie Klein. Have you read that one? Uh, it's so good. It's Hunger Games for 40-year-old nerds. Okay. It's fantastic. They but put 40-year-old nerds into the games? And almost. Almost. They're all out of breath and wheezing. <laughs> yeah, they're slightly. Mm, I miss my couch. <laughs> Where are the Cheetos? <laughs> are there Cheetos somewhere hidden in this playing field? Uh, I Okay, so what we did talk uh, in Montreal about what you would dork out about, and you told me you were raised very religious, Orthodox Jewish? Let's wait. Is it, is it, and, and wait, before we do that, I'm so sorry. Okay. Casher in the Rye is your book, and it is an amazing book about stories. Thank you. Being raised in Oakland by wolves. Yeah, and, I was raised by wolves. And uh, black wolves. Black wolves, the African American <laughs> wolf uh, contingents. And you were offered uh, drugs and alcohol at a very young age, and you accepted that invitation. Yeah, the NAACW. <laughs> CW? The oh, National wolves. Association of Nice. I don't know. Wolves. Uh, right. Something wolves. So, you something got something people wolves. and some wolves and there's some national associations. Something there. happened. Okay, so. Yeah. Excellent. So, and then, um, so Casher in the Rye, a book that is available on Amazon and probably on your website, which is? MosheCasher.com. Or it'll be linked. It'll be yeah, link linked. it. Link it up. And, and you're on Twitter and it's all of course. over the place. You're everywhere. You're everywhere people want to go and you do stand-up comedy so they can go see that wherever too, I'm, right? I'm like Visa. You're like yeah, everywhere except for something's a Everywhere you want to be. You're not priceless. You could be bought, correct? I probably, yeah. I yeah. would do just about, yeah, yeah. I would do just about anything for the right price. I was talking to Augie Smith the other day, and uh, and he said, I misunderstood him, and he, I thought he said that Andy Kindler was uh, showing up on Bill O'Reilly a lot lately mm-hmm. um, to uh, to talk, uh, just, and he said, and I don't blame him. I mean, you need a paycheck. And I was like, wait, Andy Kindler? That seems incongruous, yeah. And he goes, no, no, Adam Carolla, which is why the Adam Carolla thing blew up or something. Oh, and, hilarious. I, too, agree that immigrants should be kept out of the country. I, too, agree that that global warming is a myth. I don't know. It's as good as I can do. That's not bad. That's not bad. It's better than the fact that I recognized it as a win. And uh, it's okay. So we talked, uh, it was religion. It was your upbringing was very religious, uh, not, uh, drugs notwithstanding, drugs and alcohol notwithstanding. And then, um, uh, and then now you're just fascinated by religion in general. Well, somehow I made it through a life with a very, very religious father without really being dragged down with a whole bunch of religious trauma. Okay. I, you know what I mean? Yeah, you didn't come out of it. I didn't come Dramatic. out of it hated, hating religion. I, I, I find religious hatred. It's one of these things that I, I, I really felt strongly this way yeah. a few years ago. It's harder to defend the more, <laughs> you know, violations of the sort of common sense trust that the, that religion does. But I really do feel like the hatred towards religion is a little bit simplistic. I've always felt that. It's a little bit over, over, I mean, it's like, yeah, it, there are horrifying parts of religion. 
All of them. I mean, but every single one of them. Absolutely, and there are fanatics on either side. Clearly, yeah, and you know, I, I, I I agree. (laughs) Yeah, of course, there's horrifying parts of government, but nobody wants a. I mean, not nobody, but very few people want a true anarchy. Yeah, true anarchy. There's horrifying parts of uh of states, nation states, and there's horrifying parts of love and of family and of all. Absolutely, right? I mean, there's. Yeah, I mean everything can be abused. Uh, so, and I, I too was raised um, in, I was raised in a church, a devout, you know, Armenian church, and I don't have any problem with it. But I meet Catholics, and I meet some people who are raised in different religions, who, who are angry about yeah. religion. And I don't blame, I don't blame them. I don't, I don't blame that either because it makes sense to me. I, I do a little bit. Lost. I do a little bit. You know, I, I not even a little bit. I outright reject the angry, the angry atheist who thinks that, that it's a good argument for their cause to call everybody that believes in something other than them fucking idiots that, that are believing in imaginary characters in the sky. It's like, yeah. how 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 is this helpful? Yeah, that isn't that isn't helping. That isn't helping you. And and the thing is, is a series of of guides. You know, I mean, everyone needs some some sort of rules to live by, and so. Like my oldest brother is an evangelist and he is super bossy and super just, he does, he doesn't have another set of rules to live by. And at some point you, I wish in his life that he would have been like, those are great rules. Now let's go to the next level. Yeah. Yeah. Where yeah. I look at the rest of this and go, Oh, every, I, I, the gen, the genuine tolerance that Jesus Christ Supposedly purported, right? Purported or what? He was pushing that. He, he pu- purported it. Right, he purported it. Purported yeah. And, uh, go with that as, as a, as a religious tenet. Well, that is here. interesting, right? Is that how it is that Christians, specifically American evangelical Christians in this country, but really religion in general, now that we're, now we're just talk, about talk shit about religion, which right. I'm, I'm into as well. Really religion in general has decided Homosexuality is a perfect example. Right. They've decided so piecemeal what things are going to be up in arms about and what things they are going to say, well, love the sin or hate the sin or what, or you know what I mean? What they're just going to say, well, you know, so for, that's a, you know, in religious Judaism, the, the, the Sabbath. Right. Is the big Saturday, wacky, nice work. We invented it. Right, right. We invented right. the weekend. That's it. It's the biggest thing in the whole religion. It's the biggest thing is that you keep this. I mean, it is as up there as monotheism. Right. In Jewish, in the Jewish religion. That okay. is big. Those uh, are probably, the two bigs. Probably the big, big is monotheism. Don't right. bow down in front of fake other gods or whatever. Okay, yeah. And, uh, and then observe the Sabbath day and keep it holy. That's big. Right. right? Most Jews, 75% of Jews don't observe the Sabbath day and keep it holy according to a Jewish Orthodox uh, framework, right? Okay. Which is no going to work, no driving around, no smoking cigarettes, no turning lights on and off, no ripping toilet paper, which is perhaps the most difficult well, to explain. It gets, when, it, when it gets weird, like you can't flip a light switch or you can't rip toilet paper and there's, I mean, that's where you want to mock. That one does but, become difficult to explain yes. to non-Jews. I will grant you that, <laughs> that they, that Orthodox Jews pre-rip their toilet paper. You got a pre-rip. That's, uh, that, that, that's some daytime. God doesn't want you wiping your butt with unpre-rip. Yeah, that's you know what that is that's uh, that's side work. That's uh-huh. what that is. It's yeah. almost like working at a, a restaurant. So that's the biggest thing, right? right? But most people don't do that, right? But most Jews, most even Orthodox Jews, mm-hmm. just roll with it. They don't go, you 
you know, firebrand heretic. Right. What's the matter with you? You ripped your fuck. You rip your right. toilet paper on Saturday. Right. You're checking your email. Right. Yeah. I, you're out. I will banish you. I'll throw a stone at you. Because because essentially in Orthodox Judaism, you're, you're supposed to spend the Sabbath with your family kind of sitting around. Right. Thinking about good yeah. things. And, yeah. and Chilling out. Chilling out. Studying. Doing your thing. You can read. You can read. Okay. You should read. Oh, are you supposed to read only the the Talmud? But can you read? I would say if you get to the levels of religiosity that my family, some of my family mm-hmm. was in, it's not just on Shabbat that you should only be reading Jewish stuff. Okay. And I mean religious Jewish stuff. Right. It is literally always. I'll never it's forget not this. Noam Chomsky. You're Certainly like... <laughs> not. That is, even though he was a Jew, right? is a Jew. He's not one of our favored Jews. <laughs> not one of the favored nation. He's chosen, but not chosen by the surrounding people around you. Well, he's chosen to strongly affiliate himself with the Palestinian resistance, right. which uh, will put you in the crosshairs, no pun intended, of many, <laughs> no a, pun intended. Of many a conservative, uh, uh, politically Orthodox. conservative Jew. Right. But that's definitely not what I'm here to talk about. Right. <laughs> that dorkdom is really just going to light a fire under too many people. Although we so, could do Israel. I, I have a, I'm a big Israel dork. But let, okay. But my original point, which is with homosexuality, there's right. this wonderful documentary called um, uh, Trembling Before God, which deals with this. Which is homosexuality uh, it is not as big of a sin. A right. sin. Right. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, as this does keeping Shabbat. Right. But oh. every, but nobody's yelling at you about Shabbat, but everybody, you know, if you come out to your Hasidic family and say, oh, I'm gay. Right. They will not be, they, you're done. Well, you know, my sister converted to Judaism mm-hmm. and, um, cause her, her partner wanted to be a rabbi mm-hmm. and they didn't care that they were gay. They cared that Darla wasn't Jewish. <laughs> right. So Darla converted to Judaism. It's amazing, isn't it? It's like apologetics upon apologetics, you know? <laughs> It's like, yeah, it's crazy because it's, I mean, that is cool in a way that, you know, those people have also really arbitrarily cool. decided what things that they'll adopt and what things they want. Right. It just happens to not sound hateful. Right. <laughs> They're one. Right. It's, it's, it's a little more open-minded, but it's, it's open-minded in a weird direction. Like open-minded can be in such a, any direction, right? Yeah. I mean, you're like, no, no, I'm completely open to, you know, you, you love your cat so much that you have built a separate guest house for your cat. That is an open-mindedness that exists. I, yeah, totally. I mean, you got to understand, though, with Jews, where they're coming from. They're where are com- they coming from? Are they, wait, Israel. I thought, I thought no, they were going from thank Israel. Thank you. Yeah. No, I mean, the, the uh, minutia, it sometimes seems so ridiculous. You know what I mean? Not on the Dork Forest. Uh, yeah, right. I, exactly. I dare you. They're like the original nerds. Yeah. Right. They were so <laughs> into minutia, mm-hmm. and that's the whole thing. Was like there's there are 613 laws in Judaism. Right. Okay. Wait. Essentially, wait. Are these the 613 commandments that the Christians took ten of? <laughs> well, no. There are the ten commandments, but you are correct that the Christians throughout most of the the. The rules and but there were a bunch of other rules, right? They would say arbitrarily that it that, that it was just coincidental that the most difficult ones to follow were taken out. But <laughs> what wait, what's more difficult than not killing and sleeping around? 
I mean, stealing. actually, you're right. Those aren't those aren't easy. Not not talking bad about your neighbor. Yeah, yeah. That's difficult. And let, listening to your folks. Are you kidding me? No, you're right about that. I, you know, that's me. That's that's the Bible I'm going to write. Listening to your folks. That's what yeah. your that's one of your commandments. Well, they have those, don't they? They have common language Bibles. Have you ever seen one? They're hilarious. My brother Terry is writing one. Ah, good for Terry. Ah, uh, no. <laughs> I was like, is it going to have a picture of you pressed up against the glass ceiling as you try to become God? Hilarious. And he. Uh, he didn't like that. He did not like what? that but he was like i'm calling you to tell you a nice thing can't you just appreciate the nice thing that i'm doing and i was like uh i will try to appreciate the nice thing you're doing and you have balls the size of gibraltar okay so so right minutia minutia so, oh for example you know these sometimes like a a uh they'll say oh you don't like gay marriage or you don't like blah blah, blah. you know well what about this ridiculous thing where oh a person shouldn't mix fibers or they'll be stoned and they're calling it out as if to say nobody believes in that but right. the main flaw you know what i'm talking about nope. that example they will go like you know oh you don't believe in gay marriage well it, according to the bible well also the bible says that you should always slaughter an ox and also the bible says slay- right. it, it has a bunch of other weird rules it's trying to point out an absurdity yeah. and, and a hypocrisy yeah which exists for christians but the problem is that with hasidic jews they, they also they, believe those absolutely. 600 They're things. like, well, yes, I don't, I don't believe in that either. I mean, <laughs> there's no, you haven't won an argument there. I mean, even though they don't sat- sacrifice oxes, they really wish they could. Right, because there's rules for it. Right. And they're like, well, we, if there was a way that we could use these rules. Absolutely. We made the, somebody made up these rules. Why aren't we using them? Why isn't it happening? So you were raised Orthodox. I was raised with a mother that was not very religious and a father that was a Hasidic Jew. Okay. But they split. Okay. Because my father got more and more religious. Okay. And so she had to call it. She was like, uh, I have to actually go get She's it. like, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. And so I would go back to my father's house six weeks a year and put on a little yarmulke and a pair of slacks and a dress shirt. And I would pretend to be a Hasidic Jew for six weeks a year. Oh, sweet. What what time of year was that? That was summertime. Every summer. In the, every mm-hmm. summer you'd go home. You go to, The time when you want slacks on. When you want to be wearing long yeah. pants and a, and a hat. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would put the little black hat on, you know, when I, when, when after my bar mitzvah, I got one of those felt Borsalino hats. Sure. You know what I mean? And is, that's, are, is that the name of them, the Borsalino? Well, that's the company. Okay. It's a Borsalino is the is name of the hat company. Is there only one company that they have a monopoly? That's on. your marquee. That's going to be your marquee oh, that's, hat. That's okay. going to be your top shelf that's, that, bar mitzvah that's, hat. That's your go-to. That's, yeah, that's you, the one they're like. Please, if you're poor, you go somewhere else, right? You know? Right, and and it, but but if you're poor, you kind of save up and you get a and nice you get a Borsalino. Yeah, it's worth nice, it. It's right, worth right, it. Right. I mean, that really is the thing. They're so Hasidic Jews are so strange. They do, they do things in the same. When I was growing up, they all had wood paneled Oldsmobile station wagons. Okay. Now apparently they all have minivans. Because okay. they all have lots of children. Sure, sure. Because they're know? they're you know what you can do on a Sunday after a Saturday afternoon. Stoop. Yeah, you can do you can some stoop. <laughs> Sit on the stoop or go inside and stoop. That's really your choice. <laughs> Those are your two choices. Yeah, that's so, about it. So they all have minivans now. It's sort of like a lesbian Subaru. They are lesbians. They are all lesbians. It turns out inner lesbians, outer lesbians. Well, it's speaking nice. of lesbians, yeah. The complicated thing about homosexuality and religious Judaism and theoretically in Christianity is that lesbianism, lesbianism, which is really nice, a nice and word for it, not a nice word for it. Yep. Definitely lesbians enjoy being called when it's called lesbianism. <laughs> right. Like it's some sort of disease. Yeah. Fantastic. Not outright 
prohibited in the Bible. Now, I think the Apostle Paul does have something to say about lesbians. And surprise, spoiler alert, it is not positive. <laughs> Do you know why? Because the Apostle Paul is a tool bag of a human being. He's <laughs> my least favorite. Is Him he? and his damn letters. Oh, well, yeah, he ruined everything. He was what? Those letters basically ruined the world. Did they? Well, the the bad parts of Christianity in many ways stem from most of those letters. From Paul, not from yeah. not, not. Look, from, if Paul hadn't come along, then Ju- Christianity would probably still just be a weird little sect of Judaism, or more likely, would have just died out. Would have died out, and but Paul, so so f- freaking organized and angry and 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 repressed, and I mean, when I look at Timothy's letter, Paul's letter to Timothy in the Ephesians, and I don't, mm-hmm. uh, but when I have, uh, I what does he say to old Tim Dog? Well, he that it's in, it's it's essentially it's the main one against homosexuality. What is where it, it's it's he's he, they both clearly have a giant heart on for Jesus. Ah, uh-huh, sure. And if you're starting a religion. You're going to be very charismatic. A lot of people are going to sure. want to be with you. And so that's one of the go-tos when you're starting a religion. You're very handsome. You're good looking. You think and so, huh? Do you think I, the leaders of religions are usually good looking? I, I, there's, it's either a charisma that you can bank mm. or you're really, you're super sexy, I think. I like this. Don't you think? I mean, I'm fascinated by the idea. I was just watching this documentary about the, uh, Source family. Do you know about them? No. They were an LA based, um, religious cult. Where this guy, Father Yod, yeah. as he called himself, they Y-O-D? started a, Y-O-D. Y-O-D. Started a uh, health food restaurant on the Sunset Strip in the 70s, and okay. all these beautiful people was, were, it was really funny when they would interview the people that used to be in the source family, they'd cut back to their old pictures, they were all hot, every one of them. And Yod, <laughs> Yod was like 20 years older than all of them, but he, he had fucked them all. He fucks all of them. Yes. All of them. Why wouldn't you? When you look at Moon, Sung Young Moon. Yeah. He slept with whoever he wanted to. Is that true? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. He was, my brother was in the Moonies and, uh, No way. Yeah. Wait, Bible, Bible writer no, brother? No. Second oldest brother who, uh, his entire religious experience revolves around the Lord of the Rings at this time. Whoa. Uh, yeah. He's, and before uh, that, it was the Lord of the Rings, the wedding rings. The Thank we- you folks. Folks, I'll be here all <laughs> hour. And, but yeah, we had to kidnap and to program him. No, stop yeah, it. In the 70s, uh, my, my stepmom saw, uh, the Donahue show. Speaking and realized, of yes. the Lord of the Rings and deprogramming, yeah. this yeah, is yeah. a great segue for me, which I for, is a thing that I forgot to tell you about reading, about reading, um, uh, secular works. Right. My brother, now my brother is a rabbi. Okay. And, um, Hasidic rabbi? No, he is technically an Orthodox rabbi. Okay. But if you met him, I promise you, you would not notice. Uh, I, I certainly wouldn't know the difference. You wouldn't even notice that he was religious until oh. perhaps he took his hat off. If he, he, he wears a yarmulke. At all times. Yeah. Okay. But, or a hat. He wears a cap. But right, you right. literally, if you met him and he was wearing the cap, you would never be like, well, I'm around a, some kind of holy guess. roller over here. You know <laughs> right. what I mean? He's just like a regular dude. He's mostly, I would say at this point, he is mostly an academic. Okay. But technically, he's a rabbi. Is he going, did he go the Yentl route where he did some studying? Yes. And Excellent. that is just what I'm going to tell you about. He was in his, when my father died when I was 20. And his response to that was to get delve very deeply into religion. And so for a while, he was in a really severe uh, yeah. Yentl situation, right? Yeah. <laughs> and at that place, and he's since like swung back the other direction, but he's still pretty religious. So he was in. Which I like. I well, like that when when someone can realize that they've gone too far, yeah. and pull back and exactly. go. I still believe. 
I still have beliefs, but yeah. Well, what's funny about my brother is that he would he he started in this very 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 like intense place, but because he was there and he didn't belong there, he would rebel. Right. So he he said on Christmas he was running through the halls <laughs> singing Christmas carols, which is like <laughs> not. Not, not cool. cool. Not, not cool. cool. Like, but he was doing it to be like, fuck you guys. Yeah. Which is just like, you're here voluntarily. You can just leave. You right? don't have to say fuck you. You can just <laughs> walk out. You're not in prison. Yes. But he was <laughs> in a way. But anyway, he was reading the Lord of the Rings of right. all things. Sure. And this guy is like, what, what happens is when you go to Israel, you can get very easily sucked into, uh, some of these extremely religious, uh, yeshivas is what they're called. They're seminaries. Okay. But they're not seminaries to train you to become clergy, like how they are in Catholicism. You go right. to seminary basically to become clergy. Yeah. In Judaism, basically everyone needs to go to seminary, at least for some period of time. Okay. To sort of know what you believe, to sort of get really in touch with your religion. Well, the thing about Orthodox Judaism is that the highest form of worship in Orthodox Judaism is academic study. Okay. So that is why Jews sometimes they might, you know, come off as smart. Because they're nerdy. Because they're nerdy as all hell. Because they're doing some reading. Well, they're doing reading, and what what's what's result? The result of that has been that over the past two thousand years or whatever, Judaism has ha- had one of the highest uh, literacy rates uh, rates of any yeah. cultural or ethnic group ever. So therefore, after you know twenty generations of study is the <laughs> highest form of worship, then you get you know it's not like genetic. It's like yeah. cultural. It's, it's cultural. like why are there so many Nobel Prize winning Jews? Mm-hmm. Not uh, it's probably because they've been they've lauded right, study the as you know the highest years. Everybody's yeah. like, uh, why don't you have a book in your hand? Right, and I wouldn't just to be very pill pull. Yeah. Uh, again, no pun intended. It wasn't six thousand years. No. Now, prior to the Romans coming to Israel and fighting the war with the Hebrews and kicking the Hebrews out of the, what was ancient Palestine and forcing them to wander. Right. R- Judaism was much more of a religion of the, uh, the of the earth or whatever, the way oh, that okay. religions back then were, yeah. where you had a priest class yep. and they did the religionness for you, kind of right. like how Catholicism was for a long time. Right. They would slaughter the ox for you, and if you did something naughty, you'd bring them a, a sacrifice. You bring them money to buy a, a, a thing to sacrifice, or you'd you a know chicken or whatever. You just yeah. weren't in, as involved. You were religious, but you were kind of you know you weren't like a an expert. Okay. You were just a guy who was plowing the field. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they had a temple where all of the liturgical rites of Judaism would take place. Right. The Romans came along. There was a big war that was fought. They destroyed the temple. The sacrificial cult of Judaism was destroyed. And the, then eventually they kicked the Jews out of Israel entirely, leaving them to wander the earth uh, right. until 1947. <laughs> uh, so what happened between the year, well, I don't know, uh, I don't know what it was, a hundred or something, right. whenever it was that they kicked the Jews out. Right. Uh, and 1947, where they came back to, and to this day, which is that they didn't have their main liturgical, uh, they didn't have a center. site. They, they didn't have, have a site. They didn't have a, the, you know, if your whole religion is based upon doing sacrifice according to the rules in this book, and then they take away your place to do the sacrifice, you can't really do it. Well, what if you want to... Why can't you just build a new place to do a sacrifice? What was the place? That's pretty complicated. But I can... What is it? Yeah, please. Well, the the place was a place... It was called the Beit HaMikdash. The the main temple. The It's, you know, the Western Wall? Yeah. So here's how holy the Beit HaMikdash was. Okay. The Western Wall is not a wall of the Beit HaMikdash. It's a... it's, It's the wall of the... That went outside of the wall. 
So it's a holding wall for the internal wall, which was actually a part of the temple. So it okay. wasn't even, it was just a security wall. Okay. It's basically like, you know, the barbed wire fence for a mansion. They're like, oh, holy barbed wire fence. <laughs> right. And so like a hundred feet beyond that is where the actual holy thing is. It was. Right. Well, okay. And now it's and a different, the, now there's a and, mosque there. Okay. But there was a site, it, that was the site where all of the, the daily Bible would go all, all the, the sacrifices. sacrifices. Now, if the sacrificial part of Judaism went away, why so excited about that piece of land? Oh, that's a good, that's an interesting question. Um, I, I mean, to it, unpack that and without getting political because, you get know. Get political, I don't Well, care. you know, I mean, I, I, I have stopped having the conversation about Israel-Palestine with anyone on either side of the debate. Right. Because they are so, both so unfathomably intolerable. Uh, Pro-Palestinian people, pro-Israeli people in general are incapable of seeing the conflict or anything yeah. but the exact black and white. You know what you could do with me? Flip a coin. Yeah. And I could be on either side. Me too, actually. Right. Just because it seems like there's bad activity going on in both places. It's just so obvious. And even if one party is to blame more than the other. At any given, it in doesn't any given matter. Sunday. It doesn't it help. It doesn't matter. It doesn't because help. Here's the thing. I was thinking about this yesterday. I don't know why, but, um, uh, I think it was on NPR. There was some, uh, Palestinian thing going on in, mm-hmm. uh, on NPR. And so I was thinking all countries were created. All current countries that exist right now are countries because they hold themselves to be countries, right? They have uh, either a military presence or um, a physical presence or a cultural presence that has made it possible for them not to be, like in some cases, not to be consistently attacked. Everyone knows Brazil is where Brazil is. Sure. So they don't get attacked. Israel is a country because it's strong enough to be Israel. Right? Uh, so, that's interesting, right? Right. So it gets to be Israel for as long as it is strong enough to be Israel, right? And it was created, it's been around now for 60 years, 50 years. What are we, what are we looking at? Uh, 70? 60, 70, 70 yeah. 1947, whatever. 47, whatever yeah. that would be. So, um, I think they're doing their best to continue it to be a country. And, uh, so, I mean, if you look at when, cause I sometimes, I love history, right? And so, you look at the comings and goings of, of countries in the world, and that's right. how they exist. So. Right. I mean, look, if you want to get into my criticisms of Israel, we certainly can do that. And no. they, are, they are plenty. Like, basically, the idea, exactly what you said. Israel is so strong that the narrative that the Israelis – that the not the Israelis, but that the, the world continues the, – the world, the pro-Israel, like the whatever, the narrative yeah. that Israel is somehow an imperiled nation – yeah. Is not true anymore and it is not useful anymore. That's often what you hear from a pro Israel side oh, is like right, right. the people around them want to destroy them at any moment. They could be destroyed, but it's like, right. yes, that might be technically true. They are ten, by ten, a, a factor of 10, the most powerful military anywhere in that entire region. In that region no one, the entire world, no one is going to destroy Israel. No right. one. Right. That will not happen. It'd There's, be tra- like trying to destroy North Dakota, which has all of our missiles. You can't right. do it. Yeah, it just isn't. If North Dakota wanted to be a power, it could be. Right. So it's no longer a useful, to, yeah, in my opinion. That's true. It's no longer a useful argument for people to go, but they want to kill us. But it, they do want to kill us, but they can't. So let's move on. Right. Let's. What's the next sentence? And why right. do you think they want to kill you? Like, you know, <laughs> look, now we're going to get into some real wacky. But, like the whole thing about 9-11. Yeah. Everybody was a f- terrified to say, like, what happened was a horrifying, the worst thing ever. But 
you do understand why people would want to destroy America. You do, you, you must see that right. Al Qaeda doesn't, didn't just exist because in a vacuum, Islam is an extreme religion. They're not jealous of our freedom. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's like, well, that is, it's an interesting narrative that somehow, uh, somehow in some far off Middle Eastern nation, a group of religious fundamentalists are so upset by American, by American, you know, Western ideology, which, right. by the way, to some degree, I'm sure they are, because sure, I'm sure they I'm don't sure want Hollywood is. imagery and sexualization, blah, 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 that right. they would go attack us. I'm I, furious about hoarders, but I'm right. not going to bomb anybody, right? <laughs> right. Well, I'm, I mean, yeah, I'm aroused by hoarders, but that's just what I, I have a different relationship <laughs> with it than you. a different relationship. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, so. my point is, so that's not useful. And then I sort of got derailed here. I'm still, by the way, I still know that I'm about to tell you a story about Lord of the Rings and seminary. Are you? And we're not. We're, we're, we haven't even got to that yet. No, we have. We just, this we is. Just, we, we weeded off because I wanted to know why that, that plot of land was is right. still so important. So, right. So, and on the other side. On the other side, just to clarify. Oh, just to put both sides out there so that we we don't get a lot of letters from people. Well, we'll get probably more letters from people on the Palestinian side, and I even I hesitate to say side because it's like that's what I that's what I remark on the most is like you know the leaders of these countries. You see these seventy year old men going, "You did, you started it. You're the bad guy. No, you're the bad guy. You started. It. You're a terrorist. Well, you're a hegemonic. Blah blah blah. Well, you're a co- co- you know you, you know what I mean. You want to kill us. Yeah. Well, you're a colon you're a colonialist. It's like. Guys, grow up. Who cares? Right. Who's at fault here? The the one argument is the power dynamic is so far in Israel's favor that the right. onus is on them to do more of the heavy lifting. Right. They're supposed to be the adults in this situation just because right. they have all the power. And they genuinely do. Yes, and they, keep, they genuinely do. Right. And that's and that's where I get mad. And it's it's interesting because, you know, I'm Armenian and it's uh, I have this Armenian ancestry and this cultural Armenianism. And people are like, well, you know, the Azerbaijanis, there's five miles. And I was like, I'm not I'm not doing it. Right. I, I refuse to become an apologist for the Armenian government. I'm already apologizing <laughs> right. Right. for the United States government. I have to already somehow find some way to love my own country totally without trying to love a country, I'm, as my father would always say, what are you going to move back and become a shepherd? What's going to happen? Right. Uh, we're here now. And so it's. Your father, I, not the Armenian one. He's Armenian. Oh, he is. He's, oh, okay. Yeah, completely Armenian. And <laughs> awesome. he's like, but he's not political about it at all. Right. He's barely political about here because speak, let's get back to the Lord of the Rings because he hasn't voted since 72. And I said, why haven't you voted since 72? He's like, because neither one of them are on my side. Why would I vote for them? Which is the argument of the Ents. Yeah. Lord of the Rings. And we're back. Bringing it back to Ents. So my point was right, which was that my brother, so that was the highest value was the value of study. Oh, I'm sorry. So they got kicked out. Let's leave the question of why that's important. Okay. They got kicked out of the, the, the Israel, Palestine, right. not, this has nothing to do with current Israel, Palestine. Right. And they had no sacrificial liturgical blah, blah, blah. So they thought, well, how do we do this? Our new right, our new liturgical right. Yeah. Will be the, the study of these laws. Okay. The academic delving into these laws. So that's what, that's what caused it is. So they go out into the woods and they're like, or they're in the wilderness and they're like, you no longer have the place for you to make your sacrifices. So your sacrifices are going to be the study of the laws and the existing. That'll culture. become the new expression of the Jewish re- re- religious life will be, okay. will be some of the rituals. Right. That are left and that right. makes sense because according to the law, you can't do the sacrifice without that temple in that place. Oh, weird. Okay. okay. 
So Judaism comes from a time in religion mm-hmm. where, and Hinduism is similar, mm-hmm. where you couldn't, the idea of I am a Christian because I believe in Christ. I decided that idea yeah. uh, is a very modern idea of religion. In fact, it's a very Protestant idea of religion and it's related, uh, that's what I studied in college. It's like, it's related to, to like a capitalist idea of religion, which is I am a consumer yep. and I will select a product which makes me the most pleasure I, I want. Right. I select, I select Protestant Christianity with a slight, uh, you know what I mean? Snake <laughs> right, dancing bent. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Exactly. So that's a very co- new concept, you know, okay, yeah. 4,000 years ago, religion was what you were born into. Right. So, you know, Hinduism, Hindu means Indian. Okay. So it just means a person that's Indian. So the idea of like, I'm going to become, I'm going to convert to Hinduism to a lot of Hindus, less so now with Hare Krishna. Of, yeah. But you know, cause they've had these offshoots where they do do missionary and stuff. Uh, it's just not really a thing. So right. Jews, Judaism is a very similar thing. It's like you were just a, a, a Hebrew. Right. Right. That was your thing. Cause that's where you were born. Right. Right. So anyway. So they were, they went out, I don't know why I was making that point, but anyway. Well, no, I like it, cause it, cause the, the, the religion was so different back then, so when it, tr- it, it changed from, you have to make sacrifices in that one place till we don't, we no longer have access to that one place, we're gonna change the religion a little bit to the study of the rest of what's left. Right. So, uh, so that's what happened. And my brother yeah. was in one of these places where they study, and, and it became, uh, very, very quickly, like the, the upper echelons of this religious Judaism, they do not look at other forms of media. They just don't. You know what I mean? They not, they don't read books. They don't. They just read books TV. about the ru- the rules and regulations and liturgical history and all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, if you, they don't even read fiction, I mean, they don't even religious Jewish fiction. That's for kids. You know, that's for kids. They have such a thing, but it's really that's for kids to get them ready and to prepare for. For <laughs> Only on yeah, right. <laughs> so my brother was in um relig- in this yeshiva in this seminary, and he's reading the Lord of the Rings because he's once mind he's is probably going crazy. Yeah. And somebody goes, "What are you reading?" You know, and he's like, oh, "I'm the Lord of the Rings." He goes, I, "Why would you read fiction?" And Dave, my brother, is like, "Why would I not read fiction?" And the guy goes, "I remember this so well. Goes, I do not want to read another man's lies." Like as in, wow, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. what's the point of fiction? What function does fiction have? It's just some guy's imaginations, right? You know, like, what do right. I give a shit about that? The only thing that matters is, is uh, leaving aside that maybe right. the Bible has some lies in it too, right? Right, that it might have been rewritten. Let's not, yeah, we could, let's not even get into that. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> it's totally. Like, it's like, but but that's so fascinating that the the point of fiction is to escape something, is to be lied to. Right, right. right. It right. just has no value. It has no purpose. Why would I? It wasn't even that it's religiously unacceptable. Right. Although probably there, are, there are probably things in Lord of the Rings that are religiously questionable to a Hasidic Jew. You know, possibly, yeah, sure, sure. Ants, for example, right. no one, no one believes in that. Right. But you know what I mean? I like the idea of other gods and things like that. Yeah. But that wasn't the point. The point was just like, why would you? Why would you bother? Right. Why bother? We've got this ultimate source of truth. Right. We're, aren't you looking for truth in life? Why wouldn't you go to the source? Right. And yeah. this is what's true and what you're reading you already know isn't true. Right. I, and it's so interesting because what, why I read fiction is because tr- it helps you find truth from a different angle. Right. Uh-huh. Interesting. And that's like, especially science fiction and all kinds of speculative fiction where it's, it, they want to discuss the big issues. 
But they like you want to discuss the Israeli-Palestinian issue, but you don't want to discuss the Israeli-Palestinian issue. Well, how about the Gormots and the Tarborgs? Exactly. All of a sudden, we're in Star Trek land, and uh, half people have. You want to discuss racism, but you totally. can't discuss racism, right. right? So, I mean, it's the thing is, is to to study religion is gutsy stuff. I think. Well, that's what I studied in. In college, as I studied, I, I chose to go in a different direction than my brother, which was not to study religion from a, uh, from a, um, re- re- from a religious perspective or whatever, a divinity perspective, but rather right. to study it from an academic perspective. Although my brother has since Where'd you started go to college? Doing, I went to UC Santa Barbara, okay. which strangely enough has the second best religious studies program in the country. Excellent. Believe it or yeah. not. <laughs> and, uh, so I studied sure. w- Western religion. And I studied, I, I'll tell you one of the most fascinating things that I learned. Well, I don't know, maybe this is obvious to other people, but to me it kind of blew my mind. And this is why I kind of think of, tried to think of religion not just as an obvious, uh, by the way, the people that want to, um, say religion is good, religion is bad are the same people that want to say Palestinians are good, Israelis are bad, and vice versa. It's just people's desire to think that the truth is a knowable thing and that there are good people and bad people really comes down to people's terror that the world is gray and terrifying and lonely and cold. Right. Right. If you cannot, if you cannot see any sort of gradation, yeah, it's people who are, they're just, it's anger and fear is what leads people to say one thing is right and one thing is wrong. Right. And they want to know a knowable truth that isn't knowable. Right. And even the people, and I know that there's some atheists listening right now, like, exactly, that's what they do. And yeah. probably some religious people going, exactly, that's what they do. Right. But the truth is, like, anyone that claims to know what is true just is not a person I want to talk to. Right. I, I was on Emery Emery's uh, podcast. It's a, a Ardent Atheist was mm-hmm. the name of his thing. And I was Goodbye. like... I am, <laughs> I was like, I'm not an atheist. Why would you want me on there? And he was like, no, that'll be perfect. We'll talk about it. And we didn't. We didn't. He made fun of me. Uh-huh. He made fun of me for 40 minutes. Right. And I made fun of him. Right. Because that's where, because then we're comics. And so, but it's not, you know, that's not a real conversation. A real conversation with someone who does not believe in, like Maria has a hard time believing in a higher power, right? She doesn't want to believe in a God. She doesn't want to, it's hard for her. And you're like, okay, well, don't worry about it, right? I mean, believe in what you believe. Right. But let's, but she, she doesn't think that people who do are idiots. And she right. doesn't think that because she can't, she's flawed. She just thinks totally. there's just a, there's a disconnect, right? And that's yeah. all it is. Yeah. So the, yeah, exactly. So yeah, the thing that I found so fascinating and by the, you know, and obviously religion doesn't always conflate with, theism right it's not always the same thing uh buddhism and 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 zen and uh and uh Taoism and oh right, some there of the, is a, isn't always a they don't always have a, th- a theistic element to them although you know there's not always a god is what oh, you're saying right a lot okay. of people that believe in buddhism and and would like to point to buddhism as like this perfect thing are ignoring the fact that like there's a lot of theism within buddhism is now, there but, yeah, Buddhism, I said. Buddhism. I, <laughs> I believe it's a technical term is Buddhism. Although I do believe in Buddhism and I, it's a God that I can believe in. Boom, boom. It's, um, you know, no, no one ever got hurt by a little bit of partying. That's right. What now, is that? That's well, not how the, that song goes. The thing that it, uh, really sort of fascinated me w- w- was that they've never found a human group that didn't have some sort of religious uh, Whether it was cosmology the the in Earth some or, way. Yeah. In some way. So, Say what you will, you can, you know, the, I can, I can already hear the, the, the ardent atheists response to that, 
which is, yeah, human beings are weak and afraid, and they all need to create a myth in order to make their existence have meaning. But you could look at it from so the other I... perspective, which is spirituality and religion and in prayer and meditation and trying to, you know, uh, detach yourself from uh, from consciousness from your from self and and get into the higher states of consciousness is something that is intrinsic to the human experience it can't be separate it's never been there's never in history been a human group that didn't have that right um so it is in some very direct ways what makes us human right like yeah. like the idea that we changed from apes into something different when we started burying our dead right. and when we started looking at the fact that we are going to die and became aware of that and then became self-conscious and terrified of it which is maybe why we was created that one of the first things is when we buried our dead was I, that a definitely people point to that as like a big sort of moment in wow. like human consciousness right wow so and maybe it is a, an illusion but it's the illusion that made human beings human being Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But to, to go, uh-oh, people die. What does that mean? Because, you know, your dog, I think, doesn't know. It, it might know that things cause death. I mean, it might know don't run towards that because that's a jackal. Right. My dog, I, I usually will have him around jackals. Oh. Yeah, right around just, the jackals. Just, just, to keep him, just to keep him on his toes. Yeah, yeah. Put him in the jackal pit. <laughs> take him out. Just so he knows I'm his master and I put him in right, and out of there. Right, right. I can get you in and out of that jackal But pit. for sure your dog doesn't sit around going like, geez, what? What's going to happen next? to me? What's next in my doggy world? What's going to happen to me when I die? What, what should I make an impact here? Well, you know what I mean? It's like <laughs> right. they're just No, so Miller, I'm going to go what I'm going to do, the best thing a dog can do when they know they're going to die is they're like, "Well, I should probably go get out of the way." Yeah. Cuz that's uh, right. what they like to do. They like to, they're like, "Oh, I'm pretty aware that time is coming. I'm going right. to go find a corner where I can rot in peace." Right. And um So right. So, you know, this idea that is so, you know, angering to so many people, this yeah. idea of a cosmology or a theistic kind of worldview is part of the building blocks of consciousness and humanity. And also, if we're going to be honest with each other, since and I think we should, Let's Jackie. Do Let's do it. Let's start <laughs> minute 40. Start being honest. <laughs> Religion is also responsible for some of the biggest and most important positive things that have ever happened. It is also certainly responsible. For some of the biggest and most non-positive things Absolutely. that have ever happened. Absolutely. No question but, about it. But why wouldn't it be? If it's a building block of civilization, why wouldn't it be responsible right. for the biggest things that happened, both good and bad? The civil rights movement. Sure. Abolition. Right, abolitionism. Uh, you know, these are th- you know, um, these are all. They stem. You from... You couldn't separate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, democracy. Democracy, charity. You know, all um, uh, helping the poor. All of these are concepts that come stem from religious. Right. I mean, if you if you look at Locke and Hobbes and their and the and the difference, like Thomas Hobbes had this whole thing about the nature of man is is the reason we gather in groups is to protect ourselves from other groups. Right. And the reason why there's one leader who's stronger is to, and then, and then we give fealty to that person. And if there's, if that's, if that's all there is, you know, because the thing about Hobbes is I think that he, I think he might've been an atheist, but it was. Right. His partner, what was that guy's name? Calvin. Right. Oh right, Calvin. Calvin and Hobbes. Man, remember Calvin's mom, man? Oh man, it was the worst. <laughs> she was always getting blamed for shit in that comic strip. Did you ever read? Um, I think it's Mike Carey. It's a comic book uh, series called Lucifer. No, I've not. 
It's a it's a spin-off of Neil Gaiman's Sandman series. Uh-huh. And uh it is about it is the it is a, the greatest theory of the devil. Because the theory of the devil is that the devil wants he was sick of God's ineffable plan. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, Well, I'm gonna go and not be part of heaven and I'm gonna be in charge of uh allowing people to torture themselves in hell. And that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to be out of, and so the beginning of, of Lucifer is he's talking to God and God says, Oh no, see the creation of heaven uh, and hell were part of my ineffable plan. I knew that you were going to do this. Mm-hmm. And so Lucifer's like, you son of a bitch. I am not going to do this anymore. And he, and he leaves. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. 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 And so he leaves. And every time Lucifer does something, God's like, no, no, I knew you were going to do that. Uh huh. It was Is the, God just being obtuse or did, or <laughs> God's a dick. He's being a dick. No, I don't know. But I mean, but God's like, he's like, no, no, I, the part of my ineffable plan was that you would eventually give up hell. And Lucifer's like, you son of a bitch. Right. This is not right. Just let me do one I thing. I just want to do, I, can I please just have my life back? I just want a jazz cafe in Los Angeles. Uh-huh. Uh, nope. I thought of the jazz cafe no, thing. I knew no. it was going to happen. Sorry. It was going to happen. Love a jazz cafe. La Brea, right? I'm God. One, I am a big fan of jazz. <laughs> Did I? Not smooth jazz. Jazz. No, no, no. That now, smooth jazz, on the other hand, not a part of my ineffable plan. That, that I cannot control. I don't know where that came from. But it's a, it's an, it's an excellent examination of sort of predestination. Is that right. what the word I'm looking mm-hmm. for? Okay. And sort of, it's, it's essentially from Lucifer's point of view of, you can't just call that you called it, mm-hmm. right? You're just like, no, I knew that was going to happen. That's the worst childish uh-huh. thing in the world. So um I don't know why I weeded off on that. But Well, where were we? We were talking about the positive things that oh, right. religion has been affiliated with, you know, art in many ways, art. Uh, and, and a support of it. Yeah. Yeah. Here's another thing I learned on a... Never found a religious group thing. This is much less important, but just, it, we're just dorking on a dorking just dork out. out. Yeah. I studied this human sexual, uh, religion and sexuality class. As far as I could tell, there was no religious group that didn't have a cosmological explanation for a woman's menstrual cycle. Like, really? Like every single religion, some were positive, some were negative, <laughs> some were, but every single religion, Freaked out so hard that women bled once a month <laughs> that they had to create a spiritual reason reason for it. Can you remember any? I mean, well, you know, um, uh, what do the Jews say the Jews say, well, I know that what I mean, I can't remember what the Jews explanation for it is, but there are certainly religious like weird fun facts. That yeah, I mean, like, with? for example, this one is not good. Well, uh, but it, I'll tell it you, it may not be a positive experience. This one's but there's not one, good. I got but one too. You know, the the thing Jew, when you're menstruating and, and you're um, a religious Jew, then you don't have sex during right. that time. You don't even, if you're really religious, you don't even touch during right. that time. And at the end of it, at the end, like you go to a ritual bath and you purify. purify. You, I mean, oh. I'm sorry to say purify, but I, I, right, right, because I'm not responsible the, because for that. Right, you didn't create it. Yeah, no, no. You're not saying that women are unclean. No, I am not. Uh, I'm saying go. God says that women are unclean. <laughs> That's all. I mean, hey, come on. <laughs> I'm just quoting the book. I'm only talking and, about what the Lord Almighty hath wrought. Right. Well, you know, Aaron Foley uh, does this joke about how uh, in Africa, some African cultures, there is uh, the menstrual hut. Right, the and red w- tent. The red tent. And women dash off for four days, four or five days, and, uh, and she's like, I don't mind that. A little solo time, a little get away from the, get away from everybody and a, a bunch of, bunch of unclean ladies. I mean, everybody, sure. <laughs> everybody does sort of freak out about the menstruation thing. To such a degree that every religion we studied 
needed some kind of reckoning with it. I just thought right. that was so weird and interesting. Has to address it, and you're just like you can't just look and go, "Oh, women bleed once a month, men get boners." Okay, let's move on. Right, because that's all. I mean, it's almost exactly. It's not this. I mean, it's what it's clearly a a, a plumbing issue to clear out the <laughs> you want to have a baby kind of situation. That's actually right? yeah. The Zoroastrian um, view of menstruation is actually, if I could quote the original uh, <laughs> really? Farsi, is uh, is uh, it's clearly a plumbing issue. I believe that's what they say. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, if you think about the the, yeah, yeah, of the human body, that it doesn't make any sense that like where you. Uh, Exit like your sexual organs are right by your waist organs. Right, you're just like that's busy. A lot of busy work going on down there. Why How, so close? So there you go. I mean, Judaism has an explanation for every single thing. Yeah, it doesn't have a. Well, that's because the love of minutia, as you were saying. Exactly. Right? So everything from pooping. You know, Forty years wandering around. Conversations got weird, man. Absolutely, they got weird. Well, that's what the whole Talmud is. People don't know. I mean, people that haven't studied the Talmud, the whole Talmud is just literally a bunch of Jews arguing. It literally is that. <laughs> I'm serious. Awesome. That's literally what it is. It says, "Well, Rabbi so and so said, you know, well, what do you do about a woman who, you know, tells is menstruating, but then says she's not anymore, but then you have a reason to suspect that she still is." And then Rabbi blah 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 says, "Well, you should take her to word." And blah blah blah, blah said, "Well, you know, women lie." And then, you know what I mean? And it's just like back. And the third and, guy's like, "Well, why would she lie? And yeah, what the hell's going on?" Literally the whole. And then you turn the page. Now. <laughs> Rabbi Balabas says, what do you do about honey that has been cooked in the bubble? You know, I mean, just like these. And then there's these absurd, like, well, what if, you know, and there's these examples Superman of like. Superman and Batman, who would win? It's is exactly it- right. It's basically just people nerding out. <laughs> like, there are these things in that, you know, you're not supposed to put a candle out on Shabbat, right? You sp- Oh, it's got to burn itself out? Is that you, the deal? Or you're supposed to blow it out before Shabbat starts. Okay. But what if. You know, Shabbat comes in at seven twelve. What if it's seven twelve exactly? You blow the candle out, it poofs back to light for one second later, and you realize in that moment that if you don't blow the candle out, it will burn your house down. What are you supposed to do? Right. Do you know what the answer is? What? Let your fucking house burn down. No. I swear to God. Oh my gosh. Wow. If is- there's human life involved, then you can blow the candle out. Do you think it was anti Semitic people that created the trick candle? <laughs> Could very well be. <laughs> That seems likely very, or a, a very playful Jew right. with a novelty they're, store. They're tricky. They're tricky sometimes. It's hard to know. It's a, you know, uh, it's so funny because of the religion thing. You know, you can go, you can tell me history, you can tell me theology, you can tell me cultural, you can go political. And it is, and it's not all, I mean, we, what we have discussed in this last half hour is what I guess I'm saying is not entirely, uh, uh, the Jewish culture and Jewish religion. But it's been a lot of it, and it's fast. I mean, it's fascinating. To me, it's fascinating, and yeah. maybe it's because somehow I came through my weird childhood unscathed and untraumatized to enough of an extent that I just thought, like, that stuff's pretty cool. Yeah. And like, when I go to mass, Catholic mass, I think that's cool. Like, one of my favorite facts about Christianity, and I'm sure people know this. I'm sure I'm this, but is the the first uh, ecumenical council at Nicaea. Right. Which Those is, bastards. it's just so amazing. Like, yeah. basically, Jesus was, was around. He had all these apostles. They all wrote books. And then people wrote books purporting to be apostles. And then right. other people were the apostles of the apostles. And then about 200 or 300 or 500 years later, they had like a hundred books. Right. And they all said, well, this is, these are gospels. So they literally, and this isn't like, <clears throat> this isn't like, me being an upstart, this is straight up accepted history by yeah. everyone. Right. Although I would venture a guess that most Christians don't know that 
it's true. Right. Which is that at a certain point they said, well, what are we going to believe in? There's so many books and some of them contradict each other. Yep. So they literally called a gathering of the biggest the biggest names Christian, and Christians. Exactly. Yep. The, the biggest headliners in Christianity. You <laughs> right. know what I mean? It was a festival. It was yeah, a con. It was the Just for Just for Christ. Just for Just for Jesus. Christ Con. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Christian Con. Christian Con. And they literally just had a meeting where they decided which of the books were going to make it into the liturgy. And then once they were done, all the other books, they said, those are not true. And all the books that were left, they go, this is the ineffable word of God. This is literally right. true. We're going to pick a lane. And so the people that are the Christians today that are saying this is literally, I believe every word of the Bible, literally, they, they believe that those are literally the word of God because a group of people – Right. Human ass people. And this isn't even debatable. Yeah, just 37-year-old men. Yeah. A bunch well, of, like, like a group exactly. of like 137-year-old right. men all met in Paris. <clears throat> Wait, these and, five books are in. Those 90 books are out. Cool. That's the word of God. But let's put them in a vault just in case right. uh, in Rome. And uh, and hopefully uh, recopy them every 70 or 80 years because uh, you know what the hell. So to me, that was so fascinating when I learned that. I was just like, oh, I can't believe yeah. that. That, yeah. that. That a thing that is accepted as cosmically... True, written right. by God among billions of people. Also, is accepted. It is. It is accepted that that was decide. Though that which books that was right. true about were decided by human beings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always it's always a that that meeting. I used to think because I did not. I don't have enough history of the Armenian Church. Um, mm-hmm. I've been meaning to have this woman Uhi on who has. I love Uhi. Uhi is a great name, isn't it? The best. And uh, it's a play on her last name, which is so long in Armenian that sure. nobody can pronounce it. Azerbaijan, Markaming, Chunginli, Saroyan, Saroyan. And uh, <laughs> so, but she. Um, but the the deal is, is I always thought that the reason the Armenian church, I thought the Armenian church was part of the the Catholic church at one mm-hmm. point, separated after we didn't make a meeting. Uh, uh, right, which was one of those big meetings. You're late. You're late. Uh, we're gonna just go our own way because yeah. there was a there was in the three hundreds there was some big meeting. It was a Nicaea meeting. It might have mm-hmm. been the first. Might have been the second. Who knows? God only knows. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I'm sure but, something but human <laughs> knows, but it ain't us. It isn't us. It isn't in this room at this time. But the uh, uh, they. The Armenians couldn't make the meeting because we had Persians on two fronts. We uh-huh. were being because we were the only it's we were the only Christians surrounded by Muslims. A right. lot like the Jews oh, were sure. the only Jews surrounded by, you know, Muslims. And um and the Armenians I asked my dad a couple of weeks ago, I was like, What's the Ar-? we were in we were in Montreal mm-hmm. and I asked my dad what the Armenian word for Hill Hutzpah was. Mm-hmm. And he said, There isn't one. And then um my brother said, It's Mole Hayastan. And my dad laughed and laughed. And I said, what does Mole Hayastan mean? He says, it just means very Armenian. Uh-huh. Interesting. So all Armenians are full of chutzpah is what the, the, the theory is. Uh-huh. Because uh, most Armenians think that they're amazing. And um, I mean, hey, many of them are. Many of them are. I yeah. dated an Armenian woman once. Did you? Yeah. Was she nice? She was very nice. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Was she uh, first generation? Was she from? Yes. Over? She, no. I mean, she was second. Her parents were had her, accents. Her parents had accents. She uh, grew up here. Yes. Okay. Uh, that's awesome. I think that's first generation. I don't yeah. know what the hell that is. Whatever. Whatever it is. But, uh, yeah. So, but it's... So what? The point so, of what is, is was the point of is what I oh thought, they broke off right I thought that they broke off from the Catholic Church but I guess much like the uh, Greek Orthodox and the e- Ethiopian Orthodox they'd never signed on they'd never signed on interesting yes and the Armenians have more in common with the Ethiopians than they do with the Greeks oh that's fascinating it is fascinating uh-huh. since so many Armenians are racists do you know. <laughs> 
Yes. Uh, that um, the entirety of Ethiopian, that the entirety of Ethiopian um, Christianity, or, right. or at least traditional Ethiopian Christianity, is based around the idea that in Ethiopia, in their main temple in Addis Ababa, they have they they own the Ark of the Covenant. They have it. What? It is in their main temple. I thought it was being looked at by top people. Uh, it's being looked at by ghost Nazis. <laughs> and Harrison was... Ford is very upset. He's no, very upset. the thing about the Ark of the Covenant, and yeah. this, this will be a great way for us to end, actually. Okay, good. The thing, the big thing about the Ark of the Covenant is it was once in this famous temple, you might remember, from earlier in our discussion in Israel, called the Beit HaMikdash. Okay. And then the Romans came in, and they were destroyed the temple. Okay. Right? Yeah. And in the melee, the destroying of the temple, the major artifacts of religious Judaism, the staff of Aaron, some other thing, uh, the main like a uh, breastplate of the high priest, okay. and the ark of the covenant were lost. Okay. Right? Wow. They were lost into history. Nobody knows what happened to them. Cool. Now, uh, the Ethiopians believe, and it is not implausible. That what happened was people stole away to Ethiopia. They certainly did because how are there Ethiopian black Jews in Ethiopia? Does right. not make any sense. Mm-hmm. Other than there were Jews in Israel, they all got kicked out and they ran to Ethiopia. It's certainly plausible that and in- there were Romans down in Ethiopia. Exactly. So cer- that makes that that that, yeah. that does seem super plausible. So it's certainly plausible that in that melee, in that crazy running refugee thing, that somebody took the Ark of the Covenant to Ethiopia. And they claim to own the actual Ark of the Covenant. They claim to own the actual Ark of the Covenant. Now, here's where the rubber leaves the road, (laughs) which is that the only – it's in this main temple, but no one can see it. No one can ever see it except for one man. Is he the giver? He he Uh, is Indiana Jones. He is Indiana Jones. He is just the head of the – Whatever, and it right. changes every when that guy's about to. It's like the Pope or whatever. Okay, when that guy's about to die, he gives the key to the other guy. No one ever sees it. Therefore, it seems pretty unlikely Super that it's unlikely. true. But you but, know, but I would think it that could that, be true. It could be true, and it could be that's. I mean, it feels like that's where it went. It, it feels does feel plausible, and then it got it disappeared or something. Right? Maybe right. it went down there, and it and then they lost it, and they just were like, "Well, if we tell the truth, people won't believe anymore." <laughs> Right. But this is how interesting religion is, you know. It's like the, the the people run from Israel to Ethiopia. They're Jews, but then they Christianity comes along and they start the Christian Ethiopian church and then they are in that and then Haile Selassie becomes the king of uh, or emperor of Ethiopia. He goes and visits Jamaica. All the Jamaican a bunch of Jamaican people think he's Jesus Christ reincarnated. They start Rastafarianism. I mean, that's how religion is. It's like a little spreading virus. Wow. You know? Moshe Kasher, uh, you have been a delight. Well, thank you. And let me just say this. Plug stuff. I would like to plug. I have a brand new album out. It's called Moshe Kasher Live in Oakland. It's my stand-up comedy special that I released on Netflix, now in album form. Right, hard copy. So go to go to MosheKasher.com, M-O-S-H-E-K-A-S-H-E-R.com, at Moshe Kasher. Jackie, this has been real fun. That is awesome. And uh, I love dorking out at the end of it with an Indiana Jones reference. Take care of each other out there, Rangers. Good night. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay!
God. Thank we you. Why don't we just call that as the end of the show?